My name is Sean Jordan. Welcome to the Adaptive Outdoorsman Podcast. Here we'll be discussing the history and legacy behind disabled hunters, trappers, anglers, and how they adapt and persevere in the woods, on the line, and on the water. I would like to introduce my guest, Jonathan Lopez, a former military in the U.S. Army from 1996 to 2003, who was originally from Florida. He was stationed overseas in Germany, where he was in an accident, a car accident, and lost his arm. Jonathan, thank you for coming on and agreeing to be on the show. Honestly, thank you for having me. Love uh, what you guys are doing. Well, thank you. I'm just trying to keep growing in one day at a time and make the podcast better every day. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, do you want to tell me a little bit more about your early uh, life in Florida? Well, uh, I'm a Florida native. I uh, was born in St. Petersburg. Uh, my parents, my grandparents are from Colombia. Hmm. Uh, back when I was a kid, early 80s, Colombia was a very dangerous place. So they actually, after I was born, they migrated down to Venezuela. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lived there for about 10 years. I came back to the U.S. at 16 after completing high school. And at 17, I joined the U.S. Army. Uh, best decision I ever made in my life. Uh, it was, uh, like we were talking earlier, like I, I joined prior to 9-11. Um, joined as an infantry soldier, paratrooper. It's pretty much had a goal to have a career in the military. Um, unfortunately, like I was telling you earlier, I completed a few deployments and, um, while I was stationed in Germany, I was hit by a drunk driver. Um, that was a really, uh, hard pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. Not the injuries, because that's what I tell everybody. Like, I wasn't really upset about the injuries of losing an arm. Like, I mean, I had to battle because I wanted to amputate my leg, my leg as well. The yeah. hard part was accepting the circumstances. You know, like, I, I'm telling you, like, I left the barracks and, Next thing I know, I woke up at Walter Reed Army Medical Center in Washington, D.C., almost two weeks later, fighting for my life. And I, I couldn't understand what happened. Like, all I knew was that my career was over and pretty much life as I knew it, you know? Yeah. So it was a hard process to reintegrate into the civilian world. So like now we're talking about, you know, like when the early 2000s and the war is going on, like my unit is deploying to Iraq, Afghanistan, and I'm sitting in a hospital, you know, kind of like yeah. wondering like how the, how they end up there. Yeah. So what'd you do uh, after you got out of the hospital? Well, after I got out of the hospital, I, uh, like most veterans, I enroll into college. Like I use uh, the benefits for the GI bill. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I was having this conversation actually earlier. Yeah. Like so much respect for anybody that, you know, like that has the will to complete a, a career in college. Like it wasn't for me. Like my mind wasn't there. Yeah. Um, and after that, like I honestly, uh, it was a few years that, you know, like I lost my military career. Now I thought the path that we all follow was educational and I fell at that. So like I, I was doing pretty bad. Like, I little by little have become addicted to pain pills. I didn't recognize it as an addiction mm-hmm. because I was taken as prescribed. Like 
and I, like I wasn't a junkie. I'm not out buying drugs, you know, like I just go to the VA and I fill up my medication. Yeah. But, um, it got to the point towards the end that like I was taking, um, uh, three oxycontins a day, 40 milligrams. And I was, uh, taking about six Percocets for breakthrough pain. So like if you do the math, that's 120 oxycontins and 180 Percocets a month. You know, like I was just numb to the world. Jeez. Yeah, I think Oxycontins, they prescribed me one time after one of my foot surgeries, actually both times, but the first time I took them, and I was just getting nauseous from them. I haven't, it, when it comes to narcotic pain meds, I don't do them because it ain't Yeah, like, it. in my case, like, I want to say, like, it was, um, like, I'm pretty sure that pretty strong. If you, if you were to give me that at the beginning, I probably would have thrown up. I remember, like, I stay, I, I, I stay at the hospital for nearly two years. Like, besides the amputation of my arm, which was pretty clean, like, that was black and white. My left leg was reconstructed. Like, actually, I have a metal, uh, titanium bar replacing my femur, one replacing the tibia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the gap on the tibia was so big that they had to do skin, uh, not skin, uh, bone grafts from my hip. So then, like, they opened my hip to remove pieces of bone to put it in my tibia. So I spent, like, 18 months undergoing surgery so like constantly like on morphine drips and everything and so like it was a process like when i as i said like when i got out like i had an addiction that i didn't know like i just i i realized i had an addiction uh shortly after uh had my first my first kid i wanted to quit taking the pills because uh like i didn't think i had a problem but i knew how much damage they were doing to my liver and pretty much like every organ on my body. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know, when you have a kid, I was like, for the first time now I was trying to look 20, 30 years down the road. Like, you know, like I want to be able to be there, you know, when he graduates and whatever. Yeah. So I was like, let me pull these pills to the side. That was the hardest thing because, um, when I couldn't put it down is when I realized I'm like, what just happened? You know, like when did this become a problem? You know? Yeah. So I became, I became like, you know, those guys that try to quit smoking and like, it's like, you don't smoke, but then you smoke double at night or like, you know, like when they go out. So it was the same thing. Like I would not take the pills for two days, you know, because I'm quitting, but then I will take twice as much. So that threw off my whole as prescribed thing. Like it just, they, they became a real problem. Um, yeah. it, it was, say, it was a pretty dark road, which, uh, led me to an, a, a suicide attempt in 2010. Uh, luckily I survived that one. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> yes, sir. Yeah, you're fine. Well, uh, yeah, when did you start, uh, your road to recovery? My road to the recovery, uh, I want to say it was probably, um, I'm not going to say 2010, like after the suicide attempt, yeah. I, um, kind of like saw that I had a second chance in life and like, but like there were the up and downs, like trying to refine myself. Like I want to mm-hmm. say my actual road to recovery probably was 2012, 2013 and it was through fitness. Like I just started challenging myself to like be the person who I was before. And like, you know, like from, uh, walk around the block, it became 
a run around the block and then it was two blocks and it was three, you know, mm-hmm. I, uh, I got into obstacle course racing, which was a big challenge. You know, I had to like learn how to climb ropes with one hand and, um, little by little, I, um, I entered this world. Um, the pivot, but like the part that I honestly had to admit that was my road to like real recovery and become who I am mm-hmm. was, um, I, um, I was contacted by these guys as Operation Enduring Warrior. Mm-hmm. So it's an organization. They did a lot of obstacle course races. They wear a gas mask, you know, like the ones that were wearing the military in M50. They're in full uniform and you see them doing all this stuff. And, um, I did a race with them. And that was the moment that my life changed. Like I, I thought because I, a lot of them are wounded veterans as well. Mm-hmm. And I saw myself like, you know, like this is something that I can do. So like actually becoming part of the team was the biggest part because like there is no bigger motivation for me than to be useful, you know? So like it wasn't like at that point, then I'm not training anymore because I want a six pack. I was training because we have XYZ mission to accomplish and I don't want to fall behind, you know, I want to be a useful part of the team. So that was uh, honestly the pivot into my recovery. Uh, once again, refining purpose in life. Yeah. When just get back into, did you ever get back into hunting or was that something you started as a kid or? No. So hunting is something that I started as an adult. Uh, mm-hmm. So I like, I grew up in South Florida, like, like I've always been in the city. Like hunting is not something that I was familiar with. I, I went hunting twice mm-hmm. before I got into archery. So while I was in the military, uh, during that period of my career, I was in a sniper unit. So we trained with M24s, which is a pretty much a Remington 700. It's a 7.62. Mm-hmm. And we, we pushed that rifle. Like, you know, we pushed that rifle 1100 meters, 1200 meters, you know? Mm-hmm. So when I went hunting, I was on a, sitting on a blind and I got my first deer at 238 yards and it absolutely didn't do anything for me. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it was cool. It was a cool shot and I got meat to take her home, which was a yeah. goal, but it didn't present a challenge, you know? Yeah. I, um, I got a hold of a bow from a friend in 2019 mm-hmm. and I haven't watched any videos. I didn't even know if it was possible or not. I was just shooting in the backyard. I put a piece of 550 cord to the D loop. And I, I mean, this was a, I don't know what ball, but it was probably like 30, 35 pounds. Yeah. And I started shooting, shooting in my backyard that evolved into somebody else reaching out. They gave me a, a ball, which was 50 pounds. And I'm just, once again, I'm just, I'm just shooting just to shoot, like just as a, as a hobby. Yeah. Uh, good friend of mine, uh, Caleb Brewer. He's a former special forces. Uh, he was injured in Afghanistan. He reached out to me and he was like, dude, I have the same bow. Like, what are you shooting? Blah, blah, blah. And he just became like, he invited me to attend a total archery challenge. Hmm. And now, you know, like how we are in the military. So it was a pissing competition. Like, you know, like, I'm <laughs> like, of course we're going to do it. And then I noticed that this, uh, challenge has targets as far as a hundred yards, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm, I'm shooting in my backyard 20 yards, but like 
last thing I'm going to say is no. So like I trained for this event. Like I just dedicated myself to archery. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly, like I tell people, like, I don't know if that's what I tell myself to like make it okay. But I always tell people like, dude, archery one hand is harder. I mean, it's easier than we do because literally I like, I have a mouthpiece and I'm at my anchor point, you know, a chemist, like I'm, I'm very accurate. So like, I think that's what I tell everybody. I'm like, if you do it one hand, you'll be as good, you know? Yeah. But, um, the, that, that part of archery, like you just woke up a passion. As I said, like I was, uh, formerly a sniper. So I'm very familiar with ballistics trajectory, pretty much everything that you talk about in archery, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But oh. that we learn in the military, but, Archery is a is a two edge two edge knife because archery is a little bit more understandable because the numbers are easier to understand. Like you know, like your FOC when you put ten more grain in the front or twenty five, you know, like it's easier to understand. And yeah. the travel of your arrow is easier to understand than ballistic for over rifle when you're talking about eleven hundred feet per second. You know? Yeah. So. He, he woke up this passion because with archery was like all these things that I have learned and now I can apply it to something else. Like, as I say, it was a double-edged knife because like archery is also, it's, it's less forgiving, you know, like yeah. you, you don't, you don't zero your bow, you know, like a rifle and put it away and then expect it to pull it out in hunting season and get something done. Like it's, you got to put your reps every single day, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, after I attended that event with Caleb, mm-hmm. so at this point, I'm part of a say, Operation Enduring Warrior. I actually, I, I manage, I'm the manager for the skydiving program. Hmm. Um, we saw the benefits of archery when it comes to the veteran community and disabled veteran, disabled veteran community. Mm-hmm. And I actually, Caleb asked me one day, like he was like, why don't you guys create a, an archery program, you know, like he explained to me like all the benefits and I didn't create it. I actually asked Caleb to do it. Like that was yeah, the right. little motivation. I was like, dude, if you think this is something like, you know, like I'll assist you, like I'll quarterback your team. Right. But it was awesome to see that guy, uh, developing an archery program with so many different branches because, uh, we, we have the guys that just like me. So like mm-hmm. at this point, 2020 hit. And pretty much all events all over the U.S. got shut down. Like, like I told you, we do obstacle course racing. Forget about it. No more obstacle courses. No more marathons. No more skydiving. You know. Okay. So we have a large number of veterans that, like, you know, like dealing with depression, PTSD, or whatever, locked at home. So, like, archery provided a tool of something like just no one can take that away from you. You can go to your backyard and just shoot some shoot. arrows. You know, keep people sane. Mm-hmm. But like when I say so many different branches, like this evolved into like hunting programs, you know, Yeah. which that's when I really started hunting. Like when, um, when I went out for the first time with a bow, mm-hmm. it's a humbling experience. Like I can tell you, I can sit down here and talk to you about war stories, about how sneaky I am and how blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Dude, None of that applies. Like, no. like none of our military teams is a good foundation. Like, you know, yeah. like for you to go hunting, yeah. do you think I knew the term downwind? I didn't know what downwind meant. Like nope. downwind is only like, it's only used if somebody passes gas on formation. I'm downwind <laughs> from you, you know? <laughs> right. Like, dude, my first, um, Arizona hunt. Yeah. Uh, we sat in the hilltops and my target. So it was a mule deer. 
was 550 yards away. Like I, rem I will never forget. Like at the end of that weekend, I said, if I would have brought a rifle, I would have been home by nine o'clock. You know? Yeah. We walk 20 miles. You know, and like this is with spotters in the mountain, pretty much letting you know, like if the buck is looking your way, if he's looking down, trying. Talking about the Arizona desert, I'm like, how do you find concealment right here? And how am I supposed to hide from an animal that, for millions of years, have evolved into avoiding us? You know, like anything, right. like you know, like. He knows the soap that you used three days ago, you know? Oh, yeah. So it, it was um going back to the whole challenging thing. It, it really presented a challenge, which is uh one of the things that most of us seek. Like, it did two things. Like, it put us back in a team. Mm -hmm. Once again, I know there's uh, plenty of people. I'm talking about Western hunting. Like, when I hunt in the east, I do it by myself. I climb a tree and mm -hmm. pretty much, you know, like another area. But out west... We need a team. Like, I know there's plenty of people that do it alone, but like, for us, it's a team. Like, you know, like, it has spatters in the mountains. Like, you know, we're flanking this, this deer. It's yeah. the closest thing that I ever done that it feels like I'm back in service. Like, you know, like, have your little headpiece and you're like, listening, don't move, move. Like, you know, he's looking that way, you know, like wind shifted. I'm like, or, or like the guy's pretty much conducted. You're like, move forward. I'm like, I can. Like, you know, like, I feel the wind behind my ears, you know? Mm hmm. So it's been a it's been an amazing amazing journey. Yeah. So with your first hunt with the mule deer, were you able to connect the arrow? So mule deer was unsuccessful. That was actually my first hunt out west. Like I attended a few east. Uh, I hunted in Ohio for whitetail. Mm -hmm. uh, Florida, Florida. That was in a ranch. I got a axis deer, hmm. which. Before I went there. Hello? Yep. Sorry, I lost you for a second. Before yeah, I went yeah. there. Yeah, before I went there, somebody had told me, like, you know, like, have you ever had axes? Like, no. It's better than elk. And I'm like, nothing is better than elk. I'm like, axes deer is better than elk. <laughs> um, a few pigs, pig hunts. But uh no, the mule deer is my unicorn. I when January my tag was for twenty twenty two, so I went in January of twenty twenty two. I I spent five days in Arizona. I cover over thirty miles of terrain over those four days. Mm -hmm. And I was unable to close the distance. Like uh learn a lot about Arizona. I love it. I'm actually moving there within the next couple of months. Yeah. Um, learn a lot about Arizona. Like everything in the desert wants to kill you. Everything. <laughs> like, from the vegetation to like don't touch anything. Like everything out there wants to kill you. And uh, to become a big buck out there, you mm -hmm. have to be smart. Oh, so, yeah. Like, those, guys, those guys out there that we're going after, believe me, I'm not the first guy they avoided. Or nor I'm, and I'm not the only thing in there that wants to kill them, you know. Like they are so alert, you know. Oh yeah. And once again, we're, yeah, we're in a desert. Like I'm still like I remember always looking around with it, like yeah, you gotta move out there trying to find concealment. And I'm like, on what? On a cactus? You know, like <laughs> where do you want me to hide? <laughs> yep, we're gonna hide right and do the whole imitation cactus thing. Yep. So actually, uh, dude, like there's been a. I'm pretty sure you've been hunting for a while. So 
we uh we have taken advantage of the technology there is so many cool things that you know as we're approaching them like uh my friend has these uh bow decoys so um it's kind of like like a doe mm-hmm. silhouette and you attach it to the to the front of the bow so that's how you're able to close some of the distance but like they're just so unpredictable and once again like we're hunting on the rod which means like you can do everything perfect but you can't predict that a doe is not going to come on top of that hill and for them it's just three skips away like i remember actually like getting close in the distance and i'm like you know like so like i train to be able to like shoot 80 90 yards you know accurately yeah because getting closer than that was going to be a, a bigger challenge so like i remember like being 150 140 130 and everything is going perfect the wind is perfect everything is going in my in my direction and they just i don't know where like you see them they lift their head up and they smell somewhere else and he just goes on top of the mountain because there was a door out there and i'm like you know how long it's going to take me to get up there you know <laughs> right. and they just up and down and left and right like i'm telling you like i um i had my garmin watch for that weekend 34 yeah. miles wow it was 34 miles chasing those animals you know yeah i was um early part of my hunting i started hunting my mom and stepdad's private land uh god it's going on five years now first year mm-hmm. i bagged this little, tiny little yearling fawn that you know just that fresh out of spots and then i'm dragging it out and i see a buck bound two steps and he jumps 10 feet in the air into the woods it's yeah. like well i grabbed a buck that year too anyway so <laughs> so i was aiming for something without antlers anyways but it's still it's like really you were here the whole time yeah man it's our, it's amazing dude it's i yeah. i haven't touched blacky blacktail yet or even or a muley deer yeah, we have um we have blacktail out here in california i um just like i moved here a few months ago mm-hmm. um I want to say I did, I did it for my kids. Like uh, a lot of the things that we do as 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 parents, you mm-hmm. know, is usually not necessarily give them something that I'm working on. But it's not not necessarily always give them what they want. But it's kind of like the things as a child. Like, oh, I wish I would have had that. Oh, I wish I would have done that. And I'm doing it for my kid. You know? Yeah, I know. So like co- coming coming here was a cool experience. Uh, I just the the hunt in California is is tough. It's I mean, I'm out of, I'm still out of state, so it's very expensive. And mm-hmm. unlike Florida, like in Florida, like I, I, um, I get my registration for a deer tag and that's pretty much good statewide, you know? Yeah. In California is by areas, by, so, so you have to commit to an area, like pay for this tag, which right here is, I believe it's $264. Wow. And I'm limited to this area alone. So like, you know, if by whatever, for whatever reasons, like, you know, like I, I, I don't know this terrain as well. You know, California has been going through a horrible drought for the last 20 years, you know? So like the animals are still constantly shifting, you know? Yeah. Like places where they, they, they came for years, they don't come anymore. Like, you know, like the levels of water are so low, you know? Yeah. It's going to take a hundred year rainstorm that's going to flood out the area which yeah i heard they're starting to get some rain so we um the past three weeks like 
I mean, there were floods, like horrible floods here. Um, we, we, we had the most rain that they have gotten in, I don't know how many years. Yeah. And believe it or not, they were only able to retain 5% of the water, 95% of the water washed into the ocean. Wow. Like the, the land, the land right here is to the point it's, it's not soil anymore, you know? Yeah. So like, even when it rains, that's why you have all these mudslides and everything because it's so dry that when it rains, it just runs down, you know? Yeah. Then so, they don't have the setup for reservoir for reservoirs to collect. Yeah, you think they would? They would have learned it because, like, I'm telling you, like the the aqueducts, everything was water, water, like pretty much almost hitting the bridges, and like I'm hello. Yep. Sorry about that. This is the team. This was the desert before, and it will be the desert after. Like the only difference in Southern California is that we were able to take some of the water from the Colorado River, send some to Southern California. There are one to the Vegas for the Bellagio to have a fountain. Yeah. But this is the desert. You know, this is the desert. It, it is what it is. Yep. And the problem with sending everything from the Colorado is that Lake Mead is now drying up slowly but surely. Yes, sir. It is. They just. They're just taking too much water and not trying to hold any to, you know, not trying to hold any. They're not trying to keep waterways clean or whatnot. They're trying to invest in a failed Hyperloop system. Yes, sir. Yeah, listen, I, uh, like, I'm fresh to California and uh, my experience didn't last long. Like I came here. Mm-hmm. Um, s- I don't want to say seeking. I, I used to love coming here when I was younger and uh, going surfing and the whole stuff. And like, you know, like I'm glad that the kids got to experience it. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like the, the amount of taxes that you pay right here. And it's just that it's the common sense. It's like, you know, like build reservoirs. Like you have a problem with water. That's where the money should be going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yep. it, is, it is what it is. Hopefully they'll figure it out before. before oh. we, um cause any more damage well they'll hopefully fix it mm-hmm. yep but you're moving to arizona which is going to be a lot drier yes sir <laughs> so yes sir but so um i have a so like a good friend once again caleb he um post developing the program for archer and everything he was lucky enough to um I'm not lucky enough. Like he only worked hard enough to like put, up, put some money aside and whatever. And he purchased an archery store in Arizona. And uh, oh, nice. He's been uh, gave me the opportunity to come and work for him. And honestly, like for me, I'm retired, so like never really like talked about like how much am I gonna make or blah 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 because that's not it. It's like finding purpose. Like I want to learn more about archery. You know, and there is no better way to do it than mm-hmm. submerging myself. Like there is a, there is one thing about archery too. The more that you know about it, the more that you learn, the more that you realize that you don't know anything. You know, like, right. like, like I remember actually that when I f- finally like started figuring out like the tune setup for my bow. Yeah. And then you have to like learn the whole new animal now is the arrows, you know, like FOCs are like, 
you know, like how it goes. Like, am I going right? Am I going left? Like, and I'm sitting there shooting bear shafts with a marker trying to see if they're spinning right off the screen or spinning left. So like I can have my helicopter helping, helping the fly, you know, like is I'm telling you, like if you need something to do with your life and you have extra money, get into archery. <laughs> you know, right. Like, right. It will keep you busy. And there is always something else that you need. It's just that last piece of equipment. That's that, that last piece that is going to give you the edge. Yeah. Right now I've got mm, 22. I've been playing with hunting squirrels i got a crossbow just bought myself a new muzzle loader which the wife surprisingly said yes to oh nice right great it was a Mm -hmm. wall got at walmart but hey uh when you pay a nice price for something that is brand new you're gonna treat it nice and it has a nice bronze color to scheme to it oh nice yeah it's a nice little inline traditions i believe yeah literally the uh breech plug unscrews and everything and you can look straight down the barrel oh it is beautiful nice what caliber 50 yep 50 cal nice so i cannot wait to start sighting that thing in when it gets just a little bit warmer Mm-hmm. <laughs> you do any muzzle loading uh i have i have um, no, not hunting. I just, uh, I, my, my, I'm telling you, like, even during rifle season, I still go out with a bow. Yeah. But, uh, I, sh- I shot a few of them because I was very curious about their accuracy. Like, you yeah. know, like, um, especially when we're talking about calibers, like when you're talking about 50 cal, the only 50 cal that I know, you know, is a buried. Yeah. And we, sh- we shoot that in way down range, you know, two miles down range. So like when I see these guys with a 50 cal, you know, muzzle loaders and they're like trying to work a group at 150, 200 yards. I'm like, all right, I need to see what's up with that thing, you know? Yeah. So it's a, it's an interesting weapon. It's a more challenging. Like once again, I'm down for the challenge. It's just, I'm in love with archery. Like I'm telling you, I'm that guy. I, I go out during rifle season with a bow. Like I, I, I think I owe it to the animal. I don't know what it is, but it's that challenge. It's like, you know, like sometimes yeah. I come back empty handed. You know, but they get to go home. But like when I when I do get one, I feel like I earned it. Right now, I uh, contacted you over Instagram about. Uh, mm-hmm. I was seeing you use your teeth grip on the bow, and yes, all, all I could think of is, oh my god, his teeth. So uh, my first guess was GX4 Adaptive Archery, where the guy literally built a frame, not a frame, a harness around. A, a guy who can't use his arm and he mm-hmm. attaches the bow to a clamp on the harness and one arms it and then uses a bite trigger to release the mm-hmm. bow. So pretty much I'm thinking this will be perfect for you if you want it. I, I seen the setup. So besides hunting, I, uh, I had tried for the uh, USA para archery team. Mm-hmm. And there's a few guys in the team that they use that. Obviously, yeah. uh, with that device, it's more accurate because of the release. You know, like mm-hmm. I had to like train a lot my face.
Hello? Yep. Sorry, I lost you. <laughs> You're fine. At what part did I lose you? Uh, you were trained with your face. Okay. So, like, I, I train with my face, and I always think, you know, like, to adapt to the equipment, not yeah. the other way around, you know? One of the things that I enjoy, for instance, like, my parachute yeah. is no different than the parachute that anybody else uses, which means if I go anywhere else, I can grab a parachute and jump. You know, if I would have modified mine, yeah. I would have to always have it. Same thing with equipment. Like, I like that piece. I, yeah. just, I like the freedom of just grabbing any bow and I just tie a dog leash or a piece of 550 cord and I'm shooting, you know? Yeah. You know, so, like, there's there's so many funny stories of hunters that, like, get out there, trick. There's so many, so many stories of the hunters that they get to a tree top or something and yeah. they forgot their release, you know? Yeah. I always tell them, I'm like, I'll never forget my release. It's my mouth. Right. Yep. Yeah, sorry, the dog's barking. He found no, people okay. coming. <laughs> but yeah. Well, at least you know so, you don't have to worry about uh, your release going bad. Yep. So I would consider that setup for uh, competitive archery if I'm doing target or whatever. Yeah. For hunting, for hunting, nothing more reliable than my than my than my teeth. Yeah. Uh, honestly, once again, I'm a new hunter, so kind of uh, blessed that I came into an era where we have 90, 80 percent let offs. You know, so yeah. even though I'm gonna tell you that like, this is my, I wanna, I don't wanna say my Napoleon complex, but uh, yeah, uh, my bow is at uh, 82 pounds. Is one of the first, yeah, it's one of the first PSC to have 80 pound limbs, uh, black rifle was kind enough to donate that bow to me. Nice. And the reason why is 80 pounds, as I said, pulling complex, is I have a short draw length because I'm pulling with my teeth, so my draw length is only 26 and a half, 27 inches. Wow. So I need that extra poundage to be able to accurately and shoot, shoot a arrow fast enough at a target at 80, 90 yards without, without the deer jumping the string. Yeah. So, once again, I'm in a good era where we have a 90% let off. So, like, even uh, it's all technique. Like, you know, like, I bite with my molars all the way in the back. So, it's not like I'm using my front teeth. Probably yeah. will look right now. Yeah, right. And once you get past that initial push, what am I sitting in the back with? Eight, nine pounds? Any mm -hmm. of us can hold that with your teeth. Oh, yeah. So, what kind of arrows do you use? So I'm using right now Easton, the long range. So they are, uh, I believe they're called micro diameter. Yeah. So they're like three millimeters. And once again, it's just uh, all the help that I can get. Like I like shooting long distance. It's a passion of mine. Like same thing with the rifle. Like I feel when I do go to the range, like I'm that guy, like, it's like I'm always shooting like eight, 900 yards, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I like shooting long distance, so with those arrows, like I see that I don't have to adjust for windage as much, you know. Like they just they cut through, you know. Yeah, and you probably use a very heavy forward of center uh, broadhead. Yes, sir. Um, 
so my arrows are pretty short to begin with, you know, like, yeah. so they're like a 27 inches and because of the poundage, uh, it's like 300. So yeah. the arrows are light because of their, because of their length. So I'm able to, um, just with a 125 grain, I'm able to get a decent, a pretty decent FOC and I stay within the range that I need. Nice. Now, your buddy uh, running the archery shop and you, did you guys mm -hmm. uh, actually uh, I'm sorry, I lost you. Did we actually what? Yeah. Did you guys uh, actually tr go with anybody else and you do hunting that way? Yes. Nice. <laughs> yes, sir. We actually, um, so Caleb as well, he actually, he just got, a uh, do, he, they donated to him a tag for a Arizona bighorn. Nice. Beautiful animal. So like he, um, it took him three years. So that's why he told me not to discourage myself. Like it took him three years walking the desert up and down to get his uh, first mule deer. Yeah. And I believe. This year, also, he uh, he got a coos deer, which I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's called the Great Ghost. You know, yeah. I got to see it, to see it in person, and I know why why he got its name. Like it's literally like you know, like we saw him running, and I'm tracking them running because the first thing that I was told when I went for my mule deer, this is a deer tag, you know. Mm -hmm. So you can go for the mule deer. They're impressive. They're big, majestic, but they're like if you see a coos deer. With archery, that is like the ultimate trophy. He's like, go for that, you know. You won't wow. regret it, right? So I got to see some, but like there was no chance of tracking it. Like I'm talking about, like not through binos, like with my own eyes, I saw them disappear in front of me. They're kind of oh, like wow. a silver. They're like a, I don't know, like like a silver tone to it that is like mirror. Like they just, it's an amazing animal. Like I, I want to go back for them, right? Well, you got more experience than I do on those. I haven't hunted out west yet, so. Yeah, western hunting is, um, because I've done a couple of hunts out east. I like it. Um, I, out east is a game of patience, you know? Is uh, archery, archery has, like I told like many benefits, and one of them for me has been actually like great connected to the to the wow to the outdoors you know like yeah. for the you know like for the first time ever yeah i ever i actually look at the moon right now because i want to know the faces of the moon because i know like if it's a full moon there is no point in going out the following come here so going out the following day like you know you're right. more in sync with the cycles with this with the with the seasons you know like you respect the animal you know when to hunt when not to hunt but um, out east, once again, like I have respect for. Yeah. Out east is homework. Uh, knowing their terrain, like you know, yeah. like following, you know, their creatures will have it. Like knowing their patterns when they're gonna come, and it's a game of patience, you know. Yeah. Out west, we're hunting. Like it's. You're serious. It's honestly, it's an open terrain. Something. Yeah, it's an open terrain. He's seeing the animal, and he's moving aggressively, but not aggressively. 
enough to spook them, you know? Because yeah. that is a the biggest game of chess ever. Yeah. Um, um, that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to move to Arizona. So, like, living in California, like I was he- thinking about heading back east, and obviously there is a states that are good for veterans, you know, like Texas is one of them, no, no property taxes, bunch of stuff, like, but it's 99% private land. So like yeah. to be able to hunt in Texas, you have to be buddy have buddy. connections. Yeah. Has a, have to have the right connections to go hunt. And once again, nothing against anybody that hunts in a ranch. I hunt in ranches before. I like, I like the, I like the public land. I like going out there and getting my ass kicked or coming home with some meat. Right. And uh, Arizona is great. It's like most of the state is public land. Nice. And now I always, I ask this, uh, did you find getting out in the outdoors hunting very therapeutic for you post-military? Absolutely, sir. Um, once again, it gave me the opportunity to use skills that I learned in the military. Mm-hmm. The, like, Obviously, I'm not deploying again. I'm not going back to combat. And it just feels like at least all these years or all this training, now I can put it to use to something. Um, and it's productive. It's a, yeah, it's a sense, sense of camaraderie. Like, you know, like being part of a team, like where even when you hunt alone, you're still part of a team because there is your team is always with you, either to the training, advice, equipment, mm-hmm. you know, like, like everything. Um, another thing is like, so again, I'm very lucky to live in the era that we live in. Yeah. Because the opportunities for adaptive hunters, you know, are yes. endless. Like, you know, like we, uh, we have guys going out in track chairs. I don't know if you've seen them. They're like these, uh, motorized wheelchairs, but they have like two tank tracks on the side. So, oh, yeah. So we have, uh, they're like, we, we have the advantage to like actually like for something that a few years back was on a completely unaccessible for people with disabilities, even like mine. Now the opportunities out there, uh, it's honestly like it's probably been the most therapeutic thing that I have done. It keeps me like, you know, like if I do a race, yeah, there's yeah. some training involved, you know, but like if you're in shape, you're just in shape, like, you know, like, yeah. What we say it's easier to be in shape than to get in shape, you know. Yeah. So when we do a race, like yeah, I train a little bit for it, but like it, mostly, like I said, I'm I know I'm in condition to complete it. Like for hunting, is the training is like all right. So like, what is the target? What is uh, I keep saying target? What, yeah, what is right. my objective? Yeah. What is my objective? What is the game that we're hunting? So like now, that's the new target. That's what I'm training at. You know, like all right, and then start looking into it. What is their behavior? When do they move? When blah, 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 you know? Yeah. And then looking at all that, going back to the range, shooting, duh, going back to the range, shooting, you know, like it's, um, it has kept me busy. And uh, another thing is, uh, mm-hmm. that I, I love about the hunt. It is nothing better than having your friends over, you know? Yeah. And right. you barbecuing this meat and just sharing your stories, you know, it's, it's oh, better yeah. than work stories. Right. And yeah, it's it's a beautiful experience. Have you got any done anything else other than big game hunting? You tried waterfowl hunting or small game hunting? No, I'm actually uh February fourth, so not this weekend, following weekend. I'm going with the, the guys from right here from the Safari Club International in LA. Nice. We're going um pe- uh peasant hunting. So 
that's uh, that's gonna be an interesting shotgun. I heard it's a it's a pretty fun event, you know. It's like we're moving through. The dogs are scaring the birds away. So that would yeah. that's gonna be my first one. Well, single arm shotgun. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yep. Well, I've known a guy. I talked to him as Daniel Ferrero. He's out of, uh, I think, Arizona. Off the top of my head, I can't remember. But he's blind, and he's actually shot uh, sky busted some uh, teal ducks out of the sky down in Texas with another buddy of mine, Chad Walagura. He runs a uh, uh, YouTube channel and a podcast of his own, I believe. I've been up since five this morning, so <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, what it's about four p.m. Uh, about four or five p.m. for you, and it, um, yeah, five thirty. Yeah, five thirty. It's eight thirty for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yep, long day. Yeah. You're the Good. third guest I've had on that's been Pacific time. Oh, wow. The, the, I'm telling you, like, the there's guys before me, there's me, and there will be guys after that keep oh, opening yeah. these doors and throwing people that nothing is impossible. Is uh, I mean, like, when I was trying out for the U.S. archery team, yeah, I want to say I had the honor, which is an honor, but, like, I also, like, it was a... Uh, Jesus, like I was, uh, I was standing next to Matt. I don't know his last name, Shruman. So yeah. he's the he's a armler, armless archer. So like you know, the guy oh. has no arms. You know, like yeah. he's so he's standing next to me, and like, dude, that guy actually doesn't just compete in the para archery team and kicks everybody's ass. He competes in the regular, you know. And yeah. the guy is like a top qualifier, like which is funny. Like I have even heard people complaining because it's unfair because he shoots with his feet, so like his draw length is farther. So I'm like, really? That's what makes it unfair? Like he yeah. has an advantage. So you like, know? he's using his feet, not his arms, because he doesn't yeah, have any. So like, yeah, like you know, he uh, a few years back, he uh, he held a record for the longest accurate shot, accurate shot in archery, not for a para for an adaptive archer, just longest adaptive short shot i mean longest shot in archery period you know yeah and dude they were all on the internet like there were people literally complaining because they're like well that's unfair like he's drawn it because he's drawn it he's pulling with his legs you know so he's drawn it somewhere like around 40 inches you know yeah so but, like, oh, and then you look at it and the guy literally has to aim with the lower half of his body yep. and he has to adjust it for his height and he has to sit down for it. it's like Yep. There is, I mean, I've seen video of this. You see, ever seen the video of that one girl that literally acrobats and balances on some on a platform yeah, and takes the bow it. and shoots it? Mm -hmm. I've seen it. And accuracy. Yeah, man. But like that, that comes to show you, man. Like when there is a will, there is a way. And like mm -hmm. we have all, 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 every single one of us, we have learned how to adapt to our, to our needs. Like once again, like my, my friend that I kept telling you about tonight, Caleb mm -hmm. Brewer, he's, um, so he's a former special forces soldier. He, uh, he stepped on IED and he lost both legs. Mm -hmm. So, uh, shooting with him, you know, like we have shot in Utah, um, you know, like pretty complicated terrain, you know, like it comes to show like sometimes like, you know, like I can, I can, I can see here and complain like, well, I'm shooting with one hand, you know? 
Yeah. But the truth is, I'm standing in my own two feet, which allows me to completely Move. balance my and balance myself. Like because I, that was one of the things like with him that I learned. Like, you know, we're standing in a mountain, so he's a full drone, but since uh, he's uh, above the knee and below and uh, below the knee in the other leg, you know. Yeah. So with the prosthetics, you know, the prosthetics don't have the movement for your ankle to like pretty much balance you out. So like now you're pulling a ball 80, 90 pounds back, you know? And you got to and move you're your in feet an incline. To a, and you got to yeah. angle your feet to a certain position and yeah, so, keep your balance that way because if you go backwards the wrong way, you're literally going backwards. Yep. So it's little things I do. We have learned to adapt. Like sometimes, like, you know, he kicks a little bit of dirt, you know, trying to like, even in an incline, trying to get some sort of like, you know, flat terrain, you know, something flat under his feet, under his feet. So like, and I'm telling you, like, and just like that, there's a hundred other guys, like, you know, like some of them, you can't even tell, you know, what it is, you know, maybe vision, maybe whatever, you know, but yeah. we, we have all adapted. And, uh, I think, um, archery somehow, you know, is like this great sport. Mm-hmm. where somehow once you figure it out, you're competing against everybody else and it doesn't matter the way that you're doing it, you guys are all equal, which is one of the things that I love about the para-archery. Um, there is not these crazy 100 different divisions, you know? They have yeah. they have, they have have one for people with like se- severe, like, you know, like spinal cord injuries or so, that they need certain accommodations or so. Yeah. But in general, we're all shooting together. And I'm I'm standing in there, and sometimes I'm talking crap to a guy next to me because he's in a wheelchair. So I'm like, how is this fair? I'm standing here, my legs, my feet hurt, and you're sitting down shooting. You yeah, know? right. You're like, <laughs> you lucky. You get to sit down. Yeah, we get we get to talk crap to Yeah, we get to talk crap to each other. I'm like, you have yeah. two arms, and you're sitting down. What else do you want to die, Coke, too? You know? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, I was uh, but, born with bilateral club feet, so... I've had surgeries. I can't move my feet at all. So when you said uh, your buddy Caleb having balance issues, I understand that wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I got the feet, but I still have to have the balance issues. But- yeah. And uh, I know one of the things uh, with Caleb, dude, like, and I'm pretty sure it's the same thing with you. So like, you know, we're ethical hunters. Like I always say, like, you know, like don't take the shot if you don't think you can actually like, accurately like, hit it and another thing is like like i always say even though we're in a team it's like that's part of my physical training it's like you know if you're not willing to to pack you know your kill out you're not a hunter you're some asshole no. that shot some 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 animal in the woods you know yeah no. so like i see these guys are like you know this the terrain and he's like do i take this shot but like now i gotta climb down this cliff you know to go get these you know yeah and bring it back <laughs> yeah i understand that I, uh, the private land I hunt on, I took, uh, my big buck on and granted he was out on grass. He weighed so much that I was walking 10 yards at a time and dying because (laughs) the weight on him. I'm like, then my stepdad brings the truck around. We haul, uh, we attach him to that and drag him up to the front. It's like, well, that was easy. I wish I had done it. Yeah, right. But going out there and bagging a muley, bagging a coos deer yeah. or blacktail. Man, but once again, I don't know, like with the struggles that you guys you guys have gone in the past, I'm a new hunter. 
they're like the technology right now is amazing. It's like you have all these guys who are like, you know, like you see the e-bikes, man. They're so quiet, you know, and they allow you to move like you know, like I heard deeper than yeah. than anyone ever did before. Because I know, like one of the the things too, like this comes from a uh, hunting out east. It's like I always climb the tree at a pace where I know, like it's not like I'm getting tired, but I, I'm not sweating and giving away my position, you know. Yeah, but it's the same thing like out west, like you know, like there's a the roads only make it so far, and then like you know, like if you're willing to to put in the miles yeah. and getting deeper into that terrain, that increases your chances of a better hunt, you know. But yeah. you know, like not everybody as I said, like can walk twelve miles in, you know, without pretty much being in a condition that you're all sweaty, tired, you know, like you pretty Ooh. much just went there yeah. just for a hike. Yeah, so. I uh, I was reading. Our buddy mom was actually telling me that there are some locations in Utah and other places where you can't bring e-bikes into anymore. Yes, sir. It's, uh, so <clears throat> California is one of them. Is um, is like they don't ha- they don't have a, a gray area. It's black and white. It's kind of like you're not allowed to have any electronics as far as aid, as far if they're connected to certain type of battery and like the. The problem with the bikes in Utah is that is is the proportion on it, you know, because it's a battery and you're using it for for hunting, you know. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like there, there's some places where that little light, sorry, that little light that we all use to pretty much light up our pins, that's illegal, mm-hmm. you know. That's illegal. Yep. Wow. That doesn't even. Ugh. Some yep. of the some of the fair and I thought the fair chase rules in my state were bad, but dang. Now I uh, I know um and everything always usually has a reason why. Like uh I think yeah. last year or the year before, they outlawed the use of trail camps in in Arizona, but that had to do with the water situation. No, uh, I'm sorry, uh what is it called? The the outfitters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because I guess there were these certain areas where like there is fifty cameras or whatever and like the, the outfitters yeah. they were they were pretty much cataloging the animals like like and trying to like sell it to a public, oh I have this one, this one is coming into our trails and blah blah blah. So like it, it was it was just giving it was it, it was giving them too much. Getting rid of the your population too fast, you know, like like Yeah. Versus hey huh? uh like me, I have one trail cam. It catches whatever passes through, and normally it catches things when I'm not out there, and I'm not usually looking in that direction that's coming from anyways. Yeah, no. No, I heard, like, some of these outfitters were talking about, like, up to 70, 80 cameras in, a, in an area. So it's just pretty much... It was a catalog. It was like, I know this year is here at that time, blah, 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 at that time. So that just pretty much bringing out people for the, for the hunts and like it, it created a lot of problems. So yeah, they're trying to That's make public happens. land, uh, private fence, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And so you want to tell me a little bit more about, uh, enduring warriors, uh, hunting side. So, uh, Enduring Warrior, and I encourage anybody listening, just uh, go visit it. Uh, the website is EnduringWarrior.org or organization. Uh, it's an organization, I mean, like mostly 
we challenge veterans to a physical label, like so like yeah, obstacle courses, marathons, things like that. Mm-hmm. There is a skydive programs. There is a, a public speaking programs. Archery program was uh, is one of the newest one newest ones, and nice. I mean it's an amazing it's an amazing program for all veterans. Like it allows guys to so like many branches allow guys to like you know like here through donations they get a bow and they're able to like practice at home. Nice. You know some 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 of the guys will actually have uh one of um one of my dearest friends like she's a uh, part of the U.S. archery team. She just broke one of the world records. And, you know, so like we have guys dedicated to like target shooting and the, the, the hunting one. So, so like hunting is not for everyone, but for yeah. those who answer the call, there is nothing else, you know? Right. So honestly, um, I'm going to, let's just speak statistically, uh, or demographically. Yeah. A large percent of the people that join the military, they're kids from the inner cities, you know? Yeah. Uh, guys like me. I never knew what hunting was, you know? And to this day, like if it wasn't because of programs like these that have helped me and educate me and give me the opportunity to go to all these places hunting, I would have never known about it. So like, it's a great team. I do like, we have so many people usually reaching out, like, you know, like, Hey, we have 10 acres up in Pennsylvania. If anybody wants to come, you know, we can donate this tag or if anybody wants to whatever. So the moment that somebody donates a tag for a disabled veteran or law enforcement officer, is the yeah. moment that the is the moment that the journey begins, you know? Because nice. this guy, like, is not like, hey, dude, guess what? You're going hunting tomorrow. So like, no, dude, you're going hunting in six months. Once again, this is your target. This is objective. This is a mission. Let's get yeah. ready for it, you know? So right. it's a six month long journey, sometimes a year, whatever it is, that this person is training to try to achieve this. And there is nothing better than to see these guys coming back home with a, you know. Whatever it is, like you're coming home with some meat or you're coming home with a great story, you know, because either way, you know how it is. If you didn't hunt, it's because it was raining sideways and Sasquatch showed up. And like hunting stories are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> They're more colorful than war stories, you know. It's always a reason. It's like I almost had him and the spring broke, you know. Right. Yeah, I've uh, been on a couple of those stories where you're looking at it and deer shows up. You're thinking, okay, am I going to get close enough? Or are they going to come close enough to me? They sniff the air, they blow, and you're like, what the heck just happened? Yep. <laughs> yeah, but it's a, either way, as I say, it's a, it's a, it's a great opportunity for these guys. I mean, like for us, for any of us, like, I honestly, um, I mean, like, I, I can spend here all night telling you, like, about the benefits, you know, from the training side to, like, you know, how it keeps you focused or whatever. Two, the actual nutritional benefits. Like, you know, like I, uh, I, I bring, I bring a lot of, uh, game meat to the house, you know, mm-hmm. and even a lot of our eating habits have changed at home, you know, like the way that you treat the food is completely different. Like, I don't think anyone in this country is innocent of like throwing away food, you know, like, because like we became into this habit of like, you know, you cook, like it's like, it's over whatever, like, you know, like food goes to waste, like that never happens when like with your game meat, you know, it's something that you treat it in such a different way, you know, like we honor it. And like, you know, like I, I love actually processing like, every, like uh the first time, first, first two hunts that I did, someone processed the meat for me after that, like I've been processing it myself, like, you know, like we 
right. honor every ounce of meat from the animal. And like, you know, like when we eat it, you know, there, there is a certain feeling, I don't know, primal feeding. I mean, primal feeding of like just sitting there with your family and being like, yeah, I killed right. that. I brought meat to the table, you know? Oh yeah. I know that. Uh, we just had, uh, tacos tonight with the deer with venison from my the deer we had this year and it it's always good to have i did my first uh over christmas i did my first venison wellington so it was definitely different to have those Mm -hmm. but yes man that the game meat is some of the best meat and I recently had elk, a buddy of mine went out elk hunting with his son this past season and he bagged an elk and he brought some into work and we, he ended up having it for uh, pulled barbecue sandwiches and he had just enough, he had just enough barbecue on it that you could still taste the elk and Mm -hmm. hey, right, that is sweet meat. It is. Man, if you ever get get a chance to, or the opportunity to hunt an axis deer, Please go for it. Uh, there is a lot of ranches down in Texas, so they have them. It is yeah. absolutely the best meat in the world. They are, I think, they're originally from Hawaii. Yeah, that is definitely a place where I want to go hunting. Like I, I heard the experience hunting in Hawaii is amazing. Yeah, I know there's a Neil guy down in Texas too. So mm-hmm. I want to try that. Oh. Yeah, trying to get the dog to stop barking. <laughs> it's all good. Right. So where do you see Enduring Warriors archery program within the next five years? <sighs> Hopefully within the next five years, um, we will have, and not just equipment donation, because equipment is equipment, you know, like mm-hmm. we will have is actually more people being able to host the veterans, you know, like it's, it's a pretty new program and not many people know about it. Yeah. But like it's like I said, equipment is equipment. Like equipment can be purchased, equipment can whatever, but yeah. the knowledge, the experience, you know, the, the feeling of being welcome into somebody's land and, and, and learn from their experiences is something that you cannot, um, yeah. you cannot purchase, you know, like listen, you can, I mean, there's some great outfitters out there, you know, yeah but like that whole feeling of like somebody just hunting with you you know because you know like they donated their time they donated their space you know they they, they share some of their knowledge like as i said like i from i mean i've never been afraid of getting dirty but like from not knowing anything to like actually processing processing my own deer that was a big yeah. step for me and that was something i felt very proud like and you know like and i was able to achieve that because of the people that was next to me like i, I honestly like you know like first deer that I hunt, like I literally stood there as they were like hanging it by the hind legs and like, you know, like cutting and removing. And I'm like, what, what is all this? You know? Right. And now, you to... know, mm-hmm. and you yeah, can just like, do it by basically almost blindfolded. Yeah. Now I know. Now it's just like, I can tell you how many times actually he's just step over here right now. He's next to me, my, my youngest son. You know, how yeah. many times I showed up with a house with a deer and they're just looking at me like, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, because I'm like 
we're doing this together, you know? And then now uh, there will be blood, there will be these, you know, like. My wife, yeah, like, uh, yeah my wife, I brought one in, I was processing on the kitchen table. She's like trying to help. And then she heard the bones crack and she's like, nope, I'm out of here. Yeah. I tried. Yep. But, uh. We did, uh, we, we did it. Yeah. My, my son, my son is just saying he can do it. Like once we open it, like you have this smells like, like I brought one to the house. The first one I came home with, uh, like that wasn't hunting on a ranch or something. I came to the house and that kitchen or like actually the dining room table looks like, you remember that show Dexter that yeah. he, like, just puts plastic all over the place and he's just, You're I'm like, sitting there with, God. <laughs> I'm sitting there with. Huh? Yep. Oh, oh yeah, my son was telling me to to tell you guys. Like we also, um, I was able to get a. That was actually that used to be my my unicorn. I I did go out to hunt for turkey with rifle. I mean with shotgun, whatever. Like dude, like I could never get them to go come close. And yeah. last year I got my, my first turkey. So oh, you got one more that, turkey than I do now. Yeah, it it was a challenge, and. I know it's funny. So I, I live with teenage boys. So they're like, you know, they're like the one in Disney world is better. You know, like the legacy. Yeah. I'm like, That's some GMO or something, you know? Yeah. So where do you see you hunting for dream hunts within the next few years or go, what do you so, want to do that your main dream hunt sort of thing up so north? I'm going or... to be honest with you. Because this is the same way that it was in Florida. Like, yes, I got lucky enough to get invited to go do all these amazing hunts. Yeah. For me, my dream hunts is whatever I can catch in my backyard. Like, I have taken these to a level that like, I hunt for sustainability, like, you know, like to bring food home. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, as great as it sounds to go to Alaska and go grab a, you know, mountain goat or something, I don't live yeah. in Alaska. No, like, I would like to go do that. Yeah, but like for me, my dream hunts are always when I can leave my house. That's why I like public land and not ranches. When I can leave my house and go to the public land and hunt something and throw it in the back of the truck and come home and process it at home. Those are my those are my dream hunts. Like anything that I can do, um, that like I don't know for a lack of a better word, like if she hits the fan, I want to know that you can. You do know it. what? I got a bow, I got an arrow, and we're gonna be okay. You know. Hey. I understand that wholeheartedly. That's why I've got the plethora of uh, hunting equipment I got in case, you know, food goes bad. You know, Mm -hmm. you can can it. You can do all that stuff to it and keep it preserved because power goes out. The deep freeze goes out and you have are stuck with meat. You have to then can or it goes bad. And And I almost had a deep freezer go bad last year. Well, it got unplugged, partially, and we caught it before it went bad. Oh, lucky. Yeah. Everything was still nice and cold, refrigerated style, but it was definitely starting to seep out of the packaging. (laughs) So we got lucky on that. So, Yes, sir. So, yeah, that that is, honestly, that that is my dream hunt. Like, I I love being self-sustainable. Like, I... um, 
little exercises, like little things that we love from the military, like know, know your way out, you know, like wherever I live, mm -hmm. like you should know at least three different ways to get to the hospital. You know, you should know the distances, you should know these, like, you know, like, and like wherever you are, mm -hmm. you should know what's around you. Like, you know, like that's, those are my favorite hunts. Like another is a lot of people that like hunting is a exotic destination and like the whatever, like, and like wherever I live, that's where I want to hunt. Like wherever I live, like, you know, like get used to like, you know, like, If where we live, there is this type of animal, well, let's learn 10 different ways to cook it because this might be all that we can eat in one day. Right. So, mm -hmm. where do you want to tell everybody where they can reach you and Enduring Warrior? Um, yeah, just believe uh, the website for Enduring Warriors, EnduringWarrior.org, and, and through social media. I think it's the same enduring warrior like if you go to instagram it's gonna be or operation enduring warrior like yeah. it's easy to find i mean i'm just one of the guys in the team like you know like that's whatever whatever i can help with there is three five other guys right there that don't know exactly my job or what i'm doing so they're able to cover it you know yeah we are <clears throat> just to like let you know i don't know i think i mentioned it but like briefly Uh, so like we help wounded veterans, but after 2000, after the year 2018, we integrate law enforcement and now also uh, first responders. And that uh, has been like probably one of the most successful things that we have done because um, I know you know what's going on in the country and like, you know, like our police officers are being shot and everything. And it's like, they don't have the same support. Like, you know, like if you say that you serve in the military, you know, like someone is always gonna go, thank you for your service. And like, you know, there is all these amazing programs for the military, you know? So we opened the doors in 2018 for law enforcement. Now, um, first re so the first responders, um, fire department, whatever. And it's been an amazing journey. So, um, right. on a, on a fact, if anybody like said, regarding hunting has an opportunity or like a tag that they want to donate, go for it and reach out there. Or if, or if you know of uh, any law enforcement officer or military guy that can benefit from this program yeah refer him to the, re refer him to the program because like once again like it might not be hunting it might just be target shooting or it might be jumping out of airplanes or doing whatever it is you know like it's about being part of something greater than yourself you know it's about being part of a team yep. and finding purpose again yep well uh thank you jonathan for coming on and being a guest on the show and Uh, remember everyone, stay adaptive.